My name's Joe, and I secretly recorded my boyfriend. I don't know any names of women that are good-looking. I'm not joking. He really doesn't know about this. Look, Tom Cruise is a good-looking bloke. Any closer to home? Closer to home. Join me and my two friends every week as we share far too much about our personal lives. One of the first things him saying to me is that I'm not like other girls that he's been with. That's great! They were naturally pretty, whereas you do look better with makeup on. Oh my days. Search I Secretly Recorded My Boyfriend wherever you get your podcasts and tell everyone, just don't tell him. You? Yeah, me. No, you're on about pretty as in pretty. My name is Andy, and this is the most magical podcast on Earth. When I'm not on holiday at Walt Disney World, I'm planning a holiday to Disney. And when I'm not planning a holiday to Disney, I'm talking about Disney, with other UK fans who, like me, make the trip to Orlando and the House of the Mouse. So if you too are daft for Donald, then this is definitely the podcast for you. Or maybe you're the Disney novice just thinking about or planning your first trip to Walt Disney World, and you still think that the People Mover is the place where you hire the wheelchairs, then this really is the podcast for you. Every week, I'll be chatting to other Disney superfans from around the UK to share their top tips and their memories of magical times in the parks. And this week is Ben. That was really worth it. Like, we totally blitzed Toy Story Land within, like, 20 minutes. I'm also going to be answering your Walt Disney World questions, getting the latest news from the parks, and if you're heading over to Orlando over the next few days, next few weeks, all the essential information, things that are going on, everything you need to know. So make sure you keep in touch. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, we are at Podmagical. This is the most magical podcast on earth as part of the Secret Recordings Network. This week, questions. Uh, we have one here that has come in from James on Twitter, uh, who's uh, going to be going over to Walt Disney World. We've been twice in the past when I was about seven. Now I'm 31. Things have changed. Uh, not just with myself, obviously with the parks. One thing I remember is uh, getting the autographs and meeting the characters in the parks. Cute. Uh, how does that work is part uh, one of the question. It depends where you go. I mean, uh, you can get fast passes if you want to meet Mickey. I think he's still with Minnie, actually, over at uh, Magic Kingdom. You can get a fast pass to meet him there. I know the Mickey over at Epcot has now moved. A lot of them are just around. You might just have to queue up and wait. But if you check out some of the ones in particular, you can get fast passes for them. And another thing is, any tips or tricks to make my daughter's birthday even more special while we are out there? It would be fantastic. The obvious thing to do if you've got a birthday at Walt Disney World, you get up the badge or the pin, as they call them. It's a, the birthday pin. Uh, so you'll find once you've got that on, wherever you go, people always go, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. And sometimes as well, if you're going for food, they see you've got the birthday badge on, they'll bring you a little cupcake. Uh, obviously, the characters will make a bit of a fuss out of you. Uh, one good thing to do if it's a birthday and you're going to meet characters, why not take a birthday card with you? So rather than getting the autograph book signed, get your birthday card signed. I know some of the character meals, uh, when you're doing character dining, they will actually bring over a pre-signed birthday card. Uh, other things to do for your birthday, if you want to push the boat out, maybe go do one of the dessert parties. Maybe the uh, Happily Ever After dessert party. That's quite a nice thing to do, something special for a birthday. Uh, but you are the most magical place on earth. It's just the best time to be there. Have a great time. Hi to Matt on Facebook. Loving the podcast. Going to Walt Disney World in May 2020 for 11 nights. Staying at Coronado Springs. It's going to be our daughter's first time at Disney as well. Uh, what will the crowd levels be like at May? May the 16th, you're going for 11 nights. Uh, this shouldn't be too bad, actually. You've got the Easter crowds and spring breakers well gone. So you should get pretty moderate crowds. I think towards the end of your break, though, uh, I think that touches on Memorial Day, which is the 25th of May. Obviously, weekends are going to be busy 
busier anyway than during the week. But I think Monday to Friday, uh, it shouldn't be too bad. Coronado Springs as well. Great resort. I stayed there for the first time myself earlier on this year. Be prepared, though, for the resort bus that picks you up and takes you to the parks. It's got about five or six stops as it goes around. It's a big resort, but you'll love it. Uh, we've got a similar question about times of year to go from Millie, who sent me a message on Facebook, who is going to be going next year. They're planning on going. They've not booked yet. Uh, they do want to stay in a villa because there's quite a few of them and they are teachers. One of our friends is a teacher, so we're limited to school holidays. So we will either go for Christmas and New Year or should we go late July, early August? They're the two options. What do you think is the best? Well, I can only give you my opinion. Both good times to go. If you're going in summer, it's going to be hot and it's going to be humid. You've got those thunderstorms. It's going to be quite expensive. If you're going in Christmas and New Year, I would love to go for Christmas and New Year, but it will be even busier than it is at summer. Walt Disney World at Christmas is just fantastic. And what I would do is for New Year, I would make sure I am in Magic Kingdom the day before New Year's Eve and then Epcot on actual New Year's Eve. Uh, I think I've mentioned, was it last week's podcast, the podcast before, that Christmas Day is one of the only days when the Magic Kingdom completely shuts. It's a very, very, very busy time of year. So if you're not good with crazy crowds, then stay away from Christmas. But if you'd like it a little bit cooler, then go at Christmas. I've not directly answered that question. I've just given you some opinions, just something to think about. Uh, if you've got any questions, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we are at Podmagical. Same place to go if you fancy being a guest on the podcast. And this week, I am joined by Ben. Once again, I always ask, tell me, Ben, uh, what is it you love about Walt Disney World? The thing I love about Walt Disney World, probably the most, is the immersive atmosphere and the immersive places that Disney takes you. Uh, takes you to i think especially in comparison to other theme parks it's the level of detail and the level of attention to detail and customer service that you don't really get anywhere else and i think that's what really marks uh walt disney world away from i suppose other disney parks and away from its counterparts like universal as well i suppose so the first time you went to walt disney world when was that what was that like what are your memories of that well the first time i went i'm i think i was about 10 or 11 my parents basically did a test run with us to disney paris to see if we liked it <laughs> dip your toe our, in the water yeah exactly uh and the test run went well i'm glad to report and then <laughs> we went i think it was me my brother my mum my dad my older cousin and my granny as well so we went uh, yeah i think i must have been about 10 or 11 so memories are blurred and the memories i do have are kind of relayed from you know when you used to take a camcorder away with you and i'm sure my dad edited it with some dodgy graphics and stuff like that <laughs> a full-on big it's like the size of a small family car isn't it yeah yeah exactly oh i miss the camcorder days <laughs> miss those camcorders did you ever still get the, fi- the films out of the first holiday have you still got them i, w- I wonder whether i bet we do but there will be on cassette obviously but yeah i bet we do still have them somewhere you still got the cassettes but you just know where to watch them yeah, yeah That's exactly a shame. have you got a favourite memory of all time of all the times you've visited Walt uh, Disney World that one thing that sticks out I don't know at this time so we got back about two months ago from our most recent trip and I've been dying to go back for a very long time so I think it was about 10 or 12 years since I'd last been so that right. first arriving in Magic Kingdom and watching the opening show and being like okay I'm actually here now like this is real and add a little cry. I yeah. love that opening show. A lot of people don't know about the opening I show. Know, and it's so good. And a lot of people go to the corners to go for rope drop, which is understandable. But we went right in front of the castle stage and kind of just soaked it in, really. And it was great. And we didn't need to be there 
at rope drop at the kind of corners into Frontierland or Tomorrowland. We didn't need to do it because it wasn't too busy, so we yeah. just took in the show and yeah, it was amazing. You still see the show and then make it onto Space Mountain, whatever. Yeah, but yeah exactly. But if you've never nice. seen that show, go and see that show. It's just about ten to the opening hour, so it's almost at nine, ten to nine. It, they used to do it outside the park. That's right. I remember by the, days. the railway station. The characters used to arrive on a train, but know, so popular they had to I move did, it. I did miss that, but. It's understandable logistics wise why they did do it. And the great thing was we had a breakfast reservation in Crystal Palace. So they let us into the park earlier than all the rest of the crowd. So we had a reservation, I think, 10 past eight and the park opened at eight. But we got there about quarter to 20 to eight and they let us into the park. So we got to the front before all the crowds watched the show and then went in for breakfast. So it worked quite well. Getting good pictures there as well yeah, before exactly. anybody gets in, getting yeah. good pictures in front of the castle. Um, so in terms of uh, parades and attractions or shows or fireworks, is, is, have you got a particular one favourite? Phantasmic is my favourite. You just got to do Phantasmic. I think Phantasmic is everything you go for Walt Disney to Walt Disney World for in one 30-minute show. You've got the characters, you've got all the spectacle, fireworks, all the Disney music. It's perfect. And the size of that amphitheatre over Hollywood yeah. Studios where they have it at night is just massive, isn't I know, it? It's crazy. It really is crazy. But um, I can see why it's so popular, definitely. Don't be late if you're going to go and see that one. You want to get a good seat. Did you do a dining package for we that? We did do a dining package. So it was Hollywood and Vine. Is that the name? The of character it? dining. Yeah, the Hollywood and Vine. Something like that. Yeah. So we did the character dining and then reserved seating. But we still arrived around half an hour, 40 minutes before the show uh, just to get the better seats of that reserved seats as well as think you still have to be there 20 minutes before otherwise they give away those seats yeah you're, you're sitting in the middle but like yeah. you say the earlier you get there the better towards the front yeah. you're gonna get and but not too near the front because we were there a slightly windy day and it, d- it did get a bit chillier and then people were getting wet because obviously the wind was blowing and then the water screens were blowing over everyone. <laughs> Sitting there with your poncho. Slightly, <laughs> but we were further enough away to avoid that and then avoid getting toasted by the fire as well. So Now, you mentioned that you've done breakfast uh, in Magic Kingdom mm. with Winnie the Pooh at Crystal Palace and also you did Hollywood and Vine at Hollywood Studios. Have you got a favourite restaurant in Walt Disney World? It's so cliche and I think a lot of people would be expecting it, but I really love to be our guest and it really surprised me how good be our guest was i really wanted to go but more for the experience it surprised me just how good the food was we had a really good experience with the food um i had the snails which was exciting Ah, yeah and then i had the fillet steak which was great and then the trio desserts because you just get a trio now and i think it was 65 dollars for that three course which i didn't think relatively was too that's bad. not bad to get in there anyway yeah. for, like you say for the experience because i know if you're on the dining plan it's two credits it's the use of two right. credits on the dining plan which i don't think is a good use of the dining plan yeah. but 65 dollars it wasn't not relatively bad. as well when when it came to what we were spending on other meals it wasn't that much more and it, uh, yeah i was just really surprised by the quality of the food matched the setting i don't know what it's like breakfast and lunch wise i've heard maybe breakfast and lunch you get a bit less for your money it's classed as a quick service at breakfast or lunch yeah so they've moved to like so you've got your own waiter and everything like that and it's done as an evening meal yeah and you get to meet the beast at night as well he doesn't come in during the morning and the afternoon yeah he was very tall i mean i'm like seven dwarf size anyway (laughs) so he did seem very big but he was quite tall anyway did he say much 
No, no, no he just he doesn't, does he? a bit of a wave, actually. Yeah, he's, I like he keeps when himself to himself. He walked through the dining room and everyone has to, like, clap as he walked past, oh, yeah. which I quite liked. And then they allow you to walk around. To accommodation now, um, mm-hmm. where do you prefer to stay? Are you, are you somebody who likes to stay at a Disney Resort or do you stay off-site? Do you get a villa? Have you got a particular favourite place to stay? Now, I must admit, I've always just stayed off-site. I've never stayed on-site. Well, that's a lie. This time we did one treat night in grand floridian but apart from that then we've just i've always had villas so the villa we had this time was about 25 minutes from the parks which worked really well for us and we were a group of four we had a four bedroom place which was totally unnecessary but great and i do like just coming away and having a relax it's what the advantages and disadvantages to both i think but if you're not full on Disney, which a couple of the friends that I went with loved it, obviously, but they're yeah. not as Disney freak as I am. They don't want to be in the bubble the whole time. Exactly. I think people appreciate having a bit of a break and going back to the pool and a bit of time away and going to restaurants that aren't going to cost you an arm and a leg. Yeah. yeah. I'm guessing it's more cost effective as well, isn't it? Just in terms of paying for that accommodation. Yeah. How did that work out with the driving and the car parking? We had two designated drivers and they did a great job of driving. And then parking is $25 a day, I think, which is steep. Yeah. But it was just something we factored into our holiday. Like you say, we got cost saving by staying off site and it still worked out more cost effective to, to go in and park. So you prefer an, an off site to stay? Now, I loved Grand Floridian and it's something I'd always wanted to do. And I booked a theme park view room and like my dream was to sit on the balcony and watch the Magic Kingdom fireworks from our balcony with a glass of wine. And we did that and it was amazing. What I didn't like about it was I wasn't a fan of, I think we'd been spoiled just walking to the car, getting in the car because we'd always get there in the morning. We never had to get walk far to the car or walk back to the car far then obviously we made the most of the transport system when we were in grand floridian but one day we got the monorail over to epcot and it took so long yeah it's quite a way isn't it 40 minutes or two monorails because you've got to go to the transportation center then you've got to get the uh, epcot monorail and they don't did my head in and then we got (laughs) the bus over to studios and that ended up taking about 40 minutes so actually staying off site we were getting in quicker than when we were on site which is really but what was great being on that monorail loop into magic kingdom i mean it was just five minutes if that and that was amazing i feel like i still haven't done on site properly and i'd like to try it again yeah but i'm I'm just not very much of a bus man like you like just have the car especially with children like yeah (laughs) Yeah. we were a group of adults and yeah after that long day in the parks at night when they're all grouchy maybe is kind of transport i could deal with in and then just get an uber back to the hotel which would probably work out cheaper than staying well it definitely would work out cheaper than staying on site then hiring a car, then paying to park. Yeah, because you'd have to pay for the car park yeah. in the hotel anyway. Yeah, exactly. Minivan so, everywhere. I get minivan everywhere. Oh, they're ever so expensive, the minivans. So oh, I, I was comparing them to a normal lift. It's like three times the price Special for some prices. white spots. <laughs> for a dotty little car. Yeah. Uh, did you have a planning strategy last time you went? Who was in charge? Spreadsheets? Of course, yeah. I think I started planning because I was so excited. I was definitely designated planner. If by some horrible disaster I went missing on the flight over to Florida, <laughs> the three of them would have been in a lot of trouble. Because Surely they're now to log into the My Disney Experience and I, all your plans I, I would be there set in stone. to do that. The magic bands were on me. It would have been a disaster. Oh, they didn't know anything no, about anything else? No. So I did the full spreadsheet. Every day was planned, but they still fed back to me as well that it was so much better that we did plan because you just maximise every minute that you're there. 
and you don't i couldn't think of anything worse than waking up in the morning being like oh what, what should, should we do, we do today, today? you can't do that has their two pence worth and i did leave a few days that were like that and oh it was so annoying just take charge and just do it and plan your days and you get the most out of it so were they just following you around then going right today we're doing this follow me you're like brendan from coach yes, trips yes look like him <laughs> do you have a clipboard <laughs> And uh, yeah, I have his planning skills. How did well. you decide which days to do which um, theme parks or which days to have a resto, which days to have a pool day? Was I had there a quite particular... a look online? There was an app, I think it's called Tourist Planner or something like yeah. that. And they've got an app called Lines, I think, which shows you like a crowd indication each day on each park as well. So I use that for my planning. Also avoided days in the Disney parks that had extra magic hours that morning because it meant everyone that was entitled to extra magic hours went to those parks on yeah. those days so we avoided those days because you wouldn't be able to use the magic hours anyway exactly. staying off site exactly and i did plan our grand floridian stay so that we could get extra magic hours so we stayed on a night where we had two hours extra in the park at the end of the day in magic kingdom and then two hours extra in the park in the morning at epcot the next day good planning that was the extent of my planning but it's totally worth doing and i think if people turn up and don't know what they're doing at least maybe plan if you're there for two weeks plan one of those weeks and then leave the second week to chance a bit more but you'd definitely reap the benefits of planning early we'll get more of your top tips ben is our guest on the podcast this week and we'll catch up with the latest news now from the parks over at Disney Springs, the NBA experience is now open. If you're a fan of basketball, that was open on Monday. By, of course, Mickey and Minnie, who are wearing the best sporting gear, looking like extras from High School Musical. Uh, also, mobile ordering has been expended out to some more resorts. Um, a lot of quick service restaurants in the parks have this. So basically, you pre-order what you want on the My Disney Experience app. Uh, then you either pay for it or it links to your Disney dining plan. Uh, and then you basically click and collect when you're at the actual pickup place uh, so there's no queues or very minimal queues uh, some of the resorts that have now added this French Quarter Pop Century Animal Kingdom Lodge and the Contemporary Food Courts uh, now have mobile ordering to save you even more of that precious time when you're over at Walt Disney World and finally probably the best thing that most people now go to Walt Disney World for is the merch there's a lot of new merch that's been released this week uh, including all that Halloween stuff first Halloween party happening this weekend which we'll tell you about later on in the podcast there's some really cool stuff including like a black and orange pumpkin spirit jersey which I love as well as the Halloween merch there's also some pride merch it's unofficial gay days this weekend at Walt Disney World so there's uh, quite a lot of rainbow pride stuff anything else going on we will keep you updated 24-7 on our socials Facebook, Twitter, Instagram we are at Podmagical and next week's news by the way we'll give you everything that's going to be going on over at D23 which is the big fan event which is happening next weekend in California Ben is our podcast guest this week so if it came down to one big top tip what would you tell people first and foremost is the most important thing getting there for opening I can't stress enough how much you those kind of golden hours of the first hour or two are just magic like the extra um uh, on top of the extra magic hours even if you don't have the benefits of those and you're not staying on site just getting there for opening time you can blitz about five rides in one in one sitting or we got to animal kingdom for opening and got on pandora within an hour which sounds like oh God, ah, without fast passes but actually, without fast yeah. passes that's pretty good going magic kingdom even though we went for breakfast still we'd done that within an hour and we probably got five or six rides done by lunchtime so it, yeah that would be my biggest tip also we did the toy story early magic thing oh the early magic ma- magic mornings 
Toy Story Land early morning magic. A couple of ladies, bless them, in the queue in front of us have read the timetable wrong and got there and didn't have the extra paid event and then had to wait for two hours so how much is that to, to get in like 69 dollars and i that was really worth it like we totally blitzed toy story land within like 20 minutes so you've got the three attractions there yeah. you've got is it an extra 90 minutes before the park opens That's right 90 minutes and then but what i would recommend if you do book that go in do the rides meet the characters and then go for your breakfast because breakfast i think the park opens officially at nine and then breakfast is served until 10 so then between 9 and 10 yeah and have your breakfast and you've already blitzed toy story land and the people i was with as well i convinced them to pay the extra and then when we were stood in toy story land and they saw the absolute like the mass of people charging towards us at nine (laughs) o'clock that's when they fully appreciated my planning of what the the kind of benefit of paying for that extra it was totally worth it what is your one disney must do see i'd probably say phantasmic again because it's my favorite you just have to do it and because it encapsulates everything that disney world is about i think you kind of you can't go to disney world without doing that also i don't really see you know when people say oh we went to magic kinder but we didn't bother staying for the fireworks these people what's the even point of going is the and actually the parade as well at magic kingdom you've got to do it it's something you don't get at any other theme park forget all the rides like the parades and the fireworks for me is what makes disney world extra and extra special outside of Walt disney world what else did you do have you got another favorite thing to do elsewhere in orlando well, we obviously went to Universal and I must say the Harry Potter stuff there was amazing. It's so immersive and the attention to detail. I would go as far as saying the Harry Potter stuff for me was better than anything in Disney, but the rest of Universal just pales in comparison. Yeah. So I went to Universal definitely for Harry Potter and I think Universal have re- has really aged over the last few years as well and i think the opening of the new hagrid's roller coaster and the eventual um jurassic world coaster will really revitalize islands of adventure but there needs to be a lot of stuff to revitalize the studios part yeah and things that just don't rely on screens oh so fed up of screens and the people that i went with actually were getting really motion sick by the end of the day because of the screen everything's just screen rides minions screen rides spider-man screen ride transformers Screen and, ride. Uh, the Spider-Man ride when it opened was so good. Like, and yeah. it is such an amazing ride still. But when you mix it with every other screen ride, you're like, oh, they've just sake. kind of copied it. And the water rides actually in Islands Adventure are the best water rides as well. Cause, How wet do you get on the Popeye oh, ride? My gosh. Just <laughs> like I had jumped. You might as well jump in and swim along next to the raft. You'll be exactly <laughs> the same. Just the same. Uh, back to Disney. Anything you don't like about Walt Disney World? I say about Magic Kingdom and all these positives. I must say my husband who we went with, he actually prefers the Magic Kingdom Park or Disneyland Park in Paris. I think what, the Paris Florida? Park, yeah, I think the Paris Park is more beautiful. I think the Paris Park does have the advantage of being newer as well. So rides like Peter Pan's Flight are definitely better yeah. in Paris. And you do see a lot more roaming characters in Paris as well. But that is because Magic Kingdom is just so popular that you just can't have roaming characters because... They'll get mobbed. They'll get mobbed. It'll be like One so, Direction all over again. Yeah, so that is the advantage. And what we really struggled with, if you do want to go and have a drink whilst you're walking around, Disney's policies on ID was just baffling. So it just kept changing all the time. So we'd go to one place and they'd be like, oh, you need to provide your driving licence. One place would be like, you need your driving licence and your passport. And it 
ended up that some of us, because we'd taken advice from the previous place we'd been, then ended up not being able to buy a drink. So, for example, when we went to be our guest, they had a different policy to when we'd just been in Hollywood Studios oh, that right. day. And it ended up that one of our party couldn't have a drink. So just take all your ID. Yeah, so just take all your just ID. Just take everything oh, you've got. It, it was such. It was so annoying because then obviously you get a bit annoyed that you can't have a wine with your meal. Well, not a bit annoyed. I'd be living. Fuming. Yeah, absolutely living. <laughs> angrier than the beast. Yeah. Um, so that was my only thing that we did have actually end up having a grumble to a cast member about it. Would you have a dream trip? What would your dream trip be? Yeah, my dream trip would be to go and never come back. <laughs> just live uh, there forever. Yeah, just live in the Disney castle. And do you know what, Andy? My dream was to be in the Disney parade and it's my one life regret. I went to an audition and then I think it ended up being that I'd end up missing my graduation if I got the contract. So I said, oh, okay, I'll come back to another later date. And I never went back. It never happened. So my dream would be to just go around in a loop on the Disney parade forever and be in Fantasmia, obviously. Yeah. You can't do both. Um, well, I'm supposed Mickey does. He does everything, doesn't oh, he? Oh, yeah, he must. He's be. all over the place. Yeah, he's Don't very know how he busy. does it sometimes. Very but busy. I think my dream trip in all seriousness would be probably going back to Grand Floridian or the bungalows at, um oh the, the bungalows at polynesian look gorgeous don't yeah, they that would be amazing because that is as well like a proper little i did like when we had the villa that it wasn't just a hotel room like we did have a kitchen and a dining room and our own pool and that kind of thing so the bungalows would give you that looking They've out got everything yeah, yeah right over the lake I'll tell you what would Kingdom. be annoying though and we noticed in grand floridian just that one night those blooming boats so you can hear them coming past your room like Oh, I think that's quite charming, that is. Not where you tried to sleep. Part- <laughs> Did it go all night long? Yeah, so we were in bed maybe midnight and they were still going as you going past your window. It's quite loud. So if, I think for two weeks of that would do my head. Yeah, in. you'd only go for what you could only afford to go for one or two nights at the Polynesian. Well, but that's what, that's what I would do. Polynesian bungalow. And I'd order my food in from Ohana, which yeah. is a great restaurant because right. they can bring it down to you. And I'd sit there and I'd watch the fireworks and the main, uh, not the main street electrical parade, the uh, water pageant that goes past the lake at yeah. night. So a lot of people so, miss the water pageant. That was a real special thing as well about our room in Grand Floridian. It felt like it literally stopped in front of our room and performed for us. It was great. And it was something that the other guys that I went with wasn't expecting and they loved it as well. I a mean, lot of people don't know about the water pageant. It's totally retro. Like the music oh, yeah. is hilarious, but. Yeah, I really loved it. It was only was supposed it. to be there for the opening night. Was it really? When, when uh, Magic Kingdom opened, that was the, they designed it for the opening night, but so many people loved it. They did it for a little oh, bit longer wow. and they just keep doing it. So and it's, it's been an going extra like special thing years. if you are staying in those hotels that you don't get anywhere else. You yeah. can't really see it from the park, so it is nice. Any more trips planned? Well, we've got our Disney cruise coming up next year. Ah, next first time December. on a Disney cruise. Yes. Are you pairing that with a Disney World trip? Well, I'm hoping to depending on the bank balance. Well, I'd definitely <laughs> like to do, because we're going around Christmas time, I'd like to do Mickey's Christmas party. Very good. Worth the money. And then, actually, and then we have said, I'm going back with my family for the 50th anniversary. In 2021, 50th. yeah. So that is the plan. 2021, we'll do a two-weeker. 2020, December, we'll do a, just a few days before the Disney cruise. Sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. Lovely talking to you. Thank you, Andrew. And as always, I've got to say, have a magical day, Ben. You too. See you real soon. Heading over to the parks, maybe today, maybe over this weekend, you're on your way to Orlando, Florida. Then the weather, first of all, is still going to be as it has been for the last month or two. It's going to be hot, humid, uh, with chance of thunderstorms in the afternoon. You're talking 31, 32 degrees average every day, but the humidity is like... 
humid. Uh, crowds should start to ease off a little bit, although with the opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in just over a week, they might pick up again. So you might find the next week or so is quiet as people are saving themselves to go to um, Galaxy's Edge when that opens. Who knows? Um, tonight, as we speak, which is Friday, the 16th of August, is the first Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween party at Magic Kingdom. I know it, we're talking ha- Halloween arrives this weekend in Florida. Um, it's a little bit different to what it has been if you've been before the last few years. It's a separately ticketed event. It's not on every night. It's on every other night or every few nights. Um, it's about averaging $100 to get in. And with the current pound-to-dollar exchange, well... That's, that's a price for a night out, isn't it? Uh, there are new fireworks. There are enhancements to the parades, uh, character meets, uh, special changes to the attractions. And of course, you can go trick or treat in the Sanderson sisters um, from Hocus Pocus do a live show. That's what you get for your extra ticket price. Uh, if you are going to be there and you're not planning on going to the Halloween party, just remember that come early evening, you'll be kicked out of the park. And when the party isn't on, the other nights, the fireworks are going to be busier because people haven't been the night before or the night after, as I mentioned on last week's podcast. But uh, it's definitely worth it. Uh, between now and the 1st of November is the final Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party. Then the week after that. The Christmas parties start. Also in Magic Kingdom, they've changed the time of the afternoon parade. The three o'clock parade is now going to be at two o'clock. Uh, and also over at Animal Kingdom, there's still problems with Primeval World, which is one of my favourite rides, but it's been down for quite a while. It looks like it's going to be down to at least the end of September. Uh, also, as I mentioned earlier on in the podcast, it's unofficial gay days happening this weekend. LGBTQ friendly uh, weekend at the parks. It's not an official Disney thing. But they recognise it. Uh, also, other things going on around Orlando. Tonight, as we speak, Friday the 16th of August, Khalid uh, is appearing live at the Amway Centre. That's the big arena in Orlando City Centre. Uh, also, Hard Rock Live in Orlando, Gavin DeGraw. He was the guy who did the theme tune to One Tree Hill. Yeah, he's going to be there. Also as well, UB40, play the House of Blues. That's at Disney Springs. That is this coming Sunday, the 18th of August. Then looking a little bit further ahead to next weekend, Saturday, the 24th of August, Backstreet Boys are at the Amway Centre. And they are from Orlando, aren't they? The Backstreet Boys. It's like a big homecoming gig for them. Uh, and as I mentioned, um, there is a huge event happening in just under two weeks. Uh, that is the opening of Galaxy's Edge, the huge Star Wars land, which will open at Hollywood studios potentially it is going to be crazy around that time and also that first day is the first day of the food and wine festival over at epcot we'll talk more about that on next week's podcast so make sure you're keeping in touch with everything going on in the parks on facebook twitter and instagram and don't forget if you are going to be over there maybe you're listening now maybe you've downloaded it and you're just waking up it's five in the morning because you've got jet lag uh, don't forget to tag us in your photographs on facebook twitter and instagram then we can all be jealous Tag and brag. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we are at Podmagical. I leave you with Andy's top tip of the week right now. This week is a top tip about planning well in advance. So like six months before you go, you're going to start thinking about where you're going to be eating. And then a couple of months before you go, you're going to be start thinking about where you're going to have your fast passes. It's always well worth to make sure that your dining reservations and your fast pass reservations are quite near together. So, for example, you don't want to put your three fast passes in Epcot and find out you've got a dining reservation over at Disney Springs in between two of those fast passes. Uh, also, as well, even just in the parks, try and make sure if you know you're going to have a couple of days in Magic Kingdom, maybe just get a load of Fantasyland attractions and get them all within 
a couple of hours and tie that in with a reservation at Be Our Guest. So you could do like Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Winnie the Pooh and Peter Pan and Be Our Guest lunch. All that, get out of the way by like two, three o'clock and then go somewhere else rather than running around from A to B. Uh, don't forget, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, we would love a five-star rating from you because we've got some very special stickers to give away. Thank you for a five-star rating to Kerry, who says, I'm not going back to Disney until summer 2020, but this podcast is already getting me excited. Been writing down everyone's tips and tricks to make sure that this is the best one yet. Thank you for your five-star rating, Kerry. Uh, drop us a message over on one of the socials. Uh, we'll get your details and we'll send some uh, Pod Magical stickers out to you. Don't forget, you can give us that five-star rating and make sure you subscribe as well on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify because we have regular podcasts coming out every Friday and maybe some surprise ones in between as well. You just never know. Just keep an ear out for them. And until next time, please stand clear of the doors. Stand clear of the doors.